0: I didn't mean to show off, Pa. It's just that guys like that Brad, I just want to tear them apart. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know I shouldn't. Yeah, I know. You can do all these amazing things, and sometimes you think that you will just go bust unless you can tell people about it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, every time I get the football, I can make a (laughs) touchdown. That's for sure. Every time. Yeah. I mean, is it showing off and somebody's doing the things he's capable of doing. Is a bird showing off when it flies? No. No, now, you listen to me. When you first came to us, we thought that people would come and take you away because when they found out, you know, the things you could do, and that worried us a lot. Then a man gets older and he thinks very differently and things get very clear. And there's one thing I do know, son, and that is you are here for a reason. I don't know whose reason, whatever the reason is, you know, maybe it's because. Um, I don't know, it's. Uh, but I do know one thing it's not to score touchdowns. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Dad.
1: Chris Kowser here with JC. Thank you. From... And we are extreme casting this week, JC. That's right. We, we? have a hurricane bearing down upon us. Hurricane oh, Elsa. Yeah,
2: it is extreme. This is true. We got Hurricane Elsa. It is a category it is a category one, but that's nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, yeah. Uh, it we this could get dangerous. There could be uh, some excitement. Uh well, there may be some evacuations, uh, and I'm not just talking about my IBS.
1: I mean, there's a storm. There is, yeah. It's going to get crazy. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. And In this episode of The First Run, JC of Screen Fix is joining me to discuss yeah. the Twitter thread Come to Life Zola. I am, yes. The latest from A24. And then, of course, Steven Soderbergh's latest film that is premiered on HBO Max. No sudden move. So I'm excited yeah. to talk about that. JC has some opinions on Steven Soderbergh, but so they're t- short t- and to the point.
2: Yes, they are. They are. As always, I never, I never stray uh, from the path that we we're speaking on. I never go off on tangents. I'm always so focused, so professional. I have notes. Uh, there
1: are uh, 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 outlines here. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. This is going to take forever. All right. And yeah, then finally I, JC and I are going to do this is the first time for me. I'm a little nervous about this. I have not oh, role played I've not role played with anybody but a host Whoa. on the show. No guess.
2: Oh my god. Well, let me tell you what. <clears throat> Your boy here is uh experienced at role play. You know what, what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> I'm very
2: excited about that.
1: That's right. it's return so of first
2: and uh is that how this is working? What's what's happening?
1: Bring out the gimp. I'm not sure. It's it's going to be uh, a good time either way. Though we did open the show with a a, uh, a touching memorial. We do every time somebody passes. Mm. We'll open the show for a clip from a performance, or the case movie. This time, Richard Donner has died. Yeah. One of it, a, just a fantastic director. That of course was a clip from Superman the movie. JC, did you have a favorite Richard Donner film? We're talking what The Omen. Superman, you have the toy, Goonies, Lady Hawk, Lethal Weapons, Scrooge. You have Maverick. And then, of course, Assassins and some other stuff. But do you have a favorite Donner film? Yeah. I mean, I thought the
2: toy was Levinson. Wait, are you talking about the toy? Are you talking about uh, the one? Oh, no, Toys was Levinson. Richard yeah, Pryor. Toy, Richard Pryor, the toy. He did the toy. Uh,
1: yeah. Anyway,
2: so anyway, yeah, Donner, uh prolific uh, of course, uh, my generation of people love uh, the Goonies. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, uh, Lethal Weapon. I, you know, I think uh, his ability, uh, his ability to uh, drift in and out of different genres and still have successful films was one of his uh, gifts. There, he really kind of had his heyday there in the late '70s and the '80s. Uh, not much from dawn or later, but. Uh, You know, an influence on so many people, so many great classics. And
1: yeah. uh, yeah. His last film was 16 Blocks, that Bruce Willis film with uh, Mos Def. Not terribly good, but I think one of the ones that kind of goes under the radar, Maverick, with Mel Gibson and Jodie Foster. Uh, That one is a lot of fun. You ever seen Maverick? Unfortunately. Not a fan of
2: Maverick? Who's a fan of Maverick? You just mentioned a movie that nobody's thought about in twenty years, and there's but it's a really good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's so good and so fun that nobody remembers it. That doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah, it does. That's that's what happens.
1: <laughs> Listen, there is a Maverick contingent out there. There, there are fans. No it is Maverick good. Maverick Reddit.
2: There's no Maverick Reddit. There's no Maverick Facebook group. There's no Maverick anything. It was terrible. It was based on, you know, some IP. So they dragged in uh, old ass. What's his name to be a cameo? Uh, the guy that was in the original. Um, James Garner. James Garner dragged him in. Rene Russo. We'd already seen, you know, Mel Gibson and Rene Russo do better work in the lethal. in Is Rene weapon.
1: Russo in Maverick? Yeah.
2: You don't even know your own movie. No, because it's, so it's so good and so memorable, right? Hey, just me amigo. And I'm just ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, I just... I like how uh, the show's
1: already just it's already off the rails.
2: awful, and there's a total lack of film knowledge. Uh, yeah, anyway, but that's basically
1: what you're getting from
2: JC at Screen Fix.
1: I, I expect nothing less. Yes, exactly. No, it's always a lot of fun when you're here. Mm, thank you. So, uh, I missed Matt. Where's Matt. Yeah, he is uh, on vacation this week, unfortunately, mm. for everybody. Terrible, because that's but,
2: I'm, I'm basically in love. Secretly, have a crush on it.
1: Yeah, that's com- that's completely correct. Yeah. So I'm gonna try. We're gonna see if we can get the show back on track. I'm not not mm. confident that this is going to.
2: I'm sorry. Yes, Jody. Apparently, it's Jody Foster, right? Did you confirm this?
1: I I, I don't need to. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Foster. Yeah.
2: Jody. I'm sorry, Jody Foster. Who? I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Here's a clip from Zola. It somehow makes it worse. Right
0: You want to hear a story about how me and this bitch here fell out? It's kind of long, but it's full of suspense.
1: Which is probably the shortest opening clip from a film we've ever heard, but I felt like that kind of perfectly encapsulates it because I'm going to hand it off to you, which clearly is going to be a disaster. JC, what is Zola all about? Zola? I know all about Zola.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she gave me a lap dance in Tampa in 2015. No, I'm just kidding. That's not... Uh uh i actually can't confirm or deny that she very well could have anyway uh so zola uh yeah so i saw this one uh in the theater um i had to see it in an emergency rush uh to be on this show and uh kind of a uh interesting uh i figured out that a new way to get an entire row to yourself is to drop lube on the way into the theater you'll get an entire row to yourself uh pretend it's an accident i'm just giving everybody pro tips if you want to row to yourself and you're by yourself so anyway uh i saw that the tropical the tropical the hurricane was coming this movie is based on 148 tweets um this was of course before twitter expanded their maximum characters so Mm -hmm. this probably would have been about half the amount of tweets now but 148 tweets that is a lot uh and also yep. some interesting news, uh, not news, some interesting facts about this is like, this was the third time she had posted this story before it actually took off. Really? Um, yes, she had posted this story three times. This time she chose to uh, kind of really play it up, embellish its bigger moments. And um, it was picked up by Rolling Stone. Well, become a phenomenon was spread all around the internet. Rolling Stone did an article on it and actually like, the film was optioned from that Rolling Stone article. Um, so yeah. what? What's it? What's it about? What happens? Generally, well, it's about Zola, who one of her followers anointed the queen of hoism.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But of course, Zola replied to that with, "That's titled my autobiography." Um, yeah. So basically, uh, she meets this white bitch. <laughs> who, t- oh, my God. First of all, the word bitch is thrown so around so liberally in this film. Uh, and I think, d- does anyone say the word bitch better than Riley Kyok Like, no, right? Wait, is it Keogh? Oh, I thought it was Keo Kyok Ke- Keo, What? whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, nobody, I don't right. think anybody says the word bitch better than her in all of uh, film history. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it uh, was based on these tweets. Um, A a lot of what was said about the weekend has been denied by other parties. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it's a hyper-embellished story. It's definitely uh, hyperbole in there. Uh, uh, Homeboy never actually tried to kill himself, and uh, Dude never tried to kill the pimp which are actually the two most exciting parts of the entire movie, which are entirely fabricated. I think this is uh, probably a pretty... It's probably a pretty weird weekend, but um, the most exciting aspects of it were made up, um,
1: which actually... Uh, or at least maybe slightly embellished. I think that's fair. Sure.
2: I think it's about 50% embellished um, from after reading some articles and YouTubes from... Zola herself, as well as Jessica, and as well as her boyfriend, that dweeby dude, Um, all of them. There are interviews with all of them, and all of them uh, have varying levels of uh, confirmation of what the actual story is. Um, In fact, what's her name? Uh, What's her name Jessica? Jess, right, Jesse? In fact, Jessica will tell you that it was uh, Zola that was actually
1: tricking the whole time. Well, they address that in the film as well, right? Mm. So, right. So, okay. all right. Let me. Clearly, this is difficult. So, basically, mm-hmm. Zola's character meets Riley Keo's character. Have Stephanie, you ever
2: solicited a trick?
1: Not, no, I have never solicited one. Um, they <laughs> meet at a restaurant, and. Riley Keough's character and says, "Hey, listen, I'm going out to Tampa to make a whole bunch of money. Why don't you come join me?" Since we're both dancers, yeah. turns out actually that Riley Keough's character, Stephanie, in the film is uh, Stephanie herself. Why was I saying Jessica? Because I think that's her real name. Oh, but in the sorry. film she's yes, known as yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Zola's is basically sucked into this madness of this weekend as things progressively get crazier and crazier, and let
2: me ask Real you Real Zola had actually gone down and stripped in Tampa and made a shit ton of money
1: and was down to go as soon as she was asked. Exactly. So how does this work for you, JC? As a translation, this is I guess, the first time this has happened where I know they state that Basically, it's an adaptation of the Rolling Stone article, but really it's all based on the Twitter thread. They were just having trouble. To, how do, what do you attribute the source material to? Can you really just say based on the Twitter thread? And so they went with the Rolling Stone article, though everything seems to pull at least They marked the it ideas. these from the
2: were thread. from tweets.
1: Yeah. And they actually really capture that in the film where every time there's a direct quote from one of the tweets, you hear the little tweet sound effect. Whenever there's Mm -hmm. actually somebody says something that Zola actually tweeted out, which that was a fun little idea. But how does this work? How does this work for you conceptually? Well, well, the film itself, this kind of adaptation, did you enjoy the film? Was it a too much of a kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Just too much of a kind of cookie, weird idea that doesn't quite work. Or is the story engaging enough that you enjoy the film?
2: No, I, I thought the film actually made, which, which is, this is really strange. I thought the film actually made the characters pretty likable, mm-hmm. which was, which was an interesting choice, uh, even down to the, the, the what the, the African pimp, uh, he, uh, you actually kind of liked him a bit. Um, which I found interesting uh as well. In fact, the I know one of the producers on the film approached the director and said was wondering if they hired somebody who was too too attractive and too likable because he's supposed to be despicable. Um,
1: but and you're uh, referring to uh Coleman Domingo's character, the uh Coleman Domingo uh, yeah, aka Z. Um
2: yeah, how, how did this work for me? I guess it was a quote-unquote, you know, fun romp in Tampa. Um, nobody has anything really serious happen to them. Uh, even the other, like, everything's kind of glazed over. He tries to commit suicide, but he just cracks his head. Uh, even the sex montage is this goofy, look at all these weird penises montage.
1: Um, well, that's a uh, good question. Was there enough male nudity in this
2: for you? Tampa- Never. Uh, But when he, (laughs) even when he shoots the other pimp, it's in the neck and you don't know if the guy's dead. It's, it's very glossed over. I know that in all of them confirm in the actual weekend that the disgusting pimp was, was, uh, you have a clean pod. Um, No, we can throw an E on there. We can get a little explicit with it. Just he was no hate. He's he was banging Stephanie. The pimp was banging Stephanie throughout Mm -hmm. the weekend. In fact, there was one point where he makes Stephanie suck his dick in front of her boyfriend. And this is all like it's like they kept out all of the really messed up stuff. Like some of the really messed up stuff, the stuff that like would have made you really bothered by the weekend and kept more of the quote unquote fun, goofy stuff like, oh, he jumped off the balcony and cracked his head. He shot a pimp in his neck. Look at that. Like uh, there's some really seedy, disgusting stuff that's going on that they skip over. Uh, And then some of the other more. Look at this. Uh, look at this kind of fun weekend of debauchery stuff was kept, which wasn't even real. That stuff was all added. The boyfriend, he never jumped off the balcony, and cracked his head. His pants got stuck on the balcony, but he uh, did try to
1: jump off the fourth floor of a building, which is
2: all which is embellished by Zola. who mm-hmm. knows if any of that crap really actually happened. And the uh, pimp, him shooting the pimp is never. Confirmed the other pimp is never confirmed at all.
1: Listen, uh, I need you I like the way you say it, so I need you to be consistent. If you're gonna say pimp, say pimp. All right. Pimp,
2: okay. of course, of course. Pimp and biatches and pimps and biatches. So anyway, uh, so um yeah, It. uh I don't know. I thought I thought to myself, wow, this movie would have been really great if it had come out like in Apparently, like, what the first tweets were, like, a long time ago, like, even earlier. Yeah, 20. If this movie had come out in, like, 2007, this would have been some edgy, crazy shit. But nowadays, I was watching it, and I was like, "Uh, okay, interesting. This is some interesting stuff. Sure. I've seen way more. I've seen way more than this, especially these days, where... We're all watching streaming shows and just it wasn't that special to me. It was directed well. It was directed very uh, competently. I loved all the performances in it, but I wasn't freaked out or disgusted by anyone, which was a big time problem.
1: I think so you, you wanted more out. Well, first off, we prefer the term oral hug. When we're talking about certain acts. Secondly, um. Moral mouth hug? Sure. <laughs> you know, I don't like know if you the, have to uh, add, add the term mouth. it's a little redundant. Mouth uh, hug. Sorry, so okay. it didn't have enough spectacle. It wasn't crazy enough
2: for you? I thought I was stepping into the craziest weekend ever. If I was to judge by like, just, I didn't know a lot about it when I went in to see it. I thought I was going to be like, oh my God, this is going to be Wild. Like, honestly, and you're I... like,
1: This is like a slow Tuesday for me,
2: yeah. Pretty much.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you remember? Was it Rules of Attraction?
2: Haven't seen it, I know of it. That movie made me feel that. I mean, it's
1: not nonfiction, like, like kids, I mean, Harmony right.
2: call my... or kids. So, like, like, there's much edgier stuff out there. Spring and if you're, looking, if you're looking for a really edgy, crazy time, there's movies out there that really do that. And... This one is a little Serbian is a film. Bit, this this one's a bit safe. This one's a bit safe.
1: Fair enough. So let me ask you: How do they handle? How does Janiska Bravo, and I'm sure I'm masquering that. How do you feel then about making a dark comedy about sex trafficking?
2: Well, what's interesting is is Zola mentions that about the third time she posted the story,
1: mm-hmm.
2: she wanted to. She actually said she was trying to get people on board and invested in a story about sex trafficking so that's exactly what it is is like at the end of the film they don't even really go like oh by the way z ends up in prison for sex trafficking which he does in real life Mm -hmm. um they don't tell you any of that stuff which might have been a nice like exclamation point on it but yeah, basically, these people are being kidnapped and held against their will, and uh, instead, we're on a comedy caper. Uh, I know they talk a lot about Zola. Might as well aid. be Muppets. Well, they talk about you know a lot. Of, a lot has been written about like Zola's agency, but which is great. But I think if at any point, again, this is this is an account from an untrustworthy narrator somebody who has already said, yes, I embellished, yes, I fabricated. Mm -hmm. So what I'm watching is not 100% real. And it's like, you gotta wonder which way it tilts. Like, is the real Stephanie, AKA Jessica, right? And Zola was the one who was actually pushing tricks and doing stuff like that. I I don't know, There's there's a lot of questions with it.
1: Fair enough. I was fascinated by the film and I thought it was odd to make a dark comedy out of such a heavy and really terrible, terrible subject. But for the most part, I was on board with this thing, right? I think it's one of those rare films for me that kind of keeps you guessing where you have no idea what's going to happen or where it's going. I did not read the thread prior to seeing the film because I wanted to come in as, with an, as unbiased an eye as I possibly could. And there is kind of some, I think for me, some Spring Breakers level madness in there. Like, like guess National Lampoon's vacation after you've buried your head in a mound of PCP-laced cocaine. I really had no idea where this thing was gonna go. And I think it's basically a success on every level. Just you said, I think Bravo does a fantastic job with this film. I think it is perfectly cast. I think Taylor Page, who is a newcomer who plays Zola is fantastic. Riley Keough. Or Kiyog or Kiyok, I think however you however you like to say it. She I can't imagine anybody else playing that role. I, I mean, really Taylor, can't. It's it's Taylor, made well, for her.
2: Yeah, she's basically playing her character from American Honey, just turned up to eleven. That's fair. Um, you
1: know what? You're right. That's that's true. And then
2: Yeah, this is w- old. This is old. This is easy for her. She's already done this. Mm-hmm. Um and Taylor Page, obviously, she's already been in the VHS. Uh, series hit the floor and she's been in five movies at this point oh Um, actually i thought she was a
1: relative newcomer
2: she's not she's been in movies and she's on a vhs1 series that was pretty popular called hit the floor i've seen but she did uh she did work at a strip club for a month for a month to prep for the role i mean her pole move seem seemed
1: legit Oh, VH1 Uh, series. I thought you said VHS. I was thinking of the uh, anthology horror films. Oh, that's right. She was in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh Uh-huh. And she's in White
2: Boy Rick, which I watched recently. I did not catch that. A bunch of stuff. So, but, uh, and then Riley, what do you say? Keo or whatever? Keo
1: is how I pronounce it.
2: Keo. And of course, for those that don't know, Riley Keo is Lisa Marie Presley's daughter. Uh, She is Priscilla Presley's granddaughter. So carrying on the family tradition, the family tradition of acting, Priscilla Presley, of course, in the Naked Gun series. Uh, <laughs> but also, uh, this is not Riley really Keough's uh, first foray into stripper cinema. Uh, she was in Magic Mike, of course.
1: And she got a so, yeah. big break in, um, what, The Girlfriend Experience, right? In, uh... She was
2: in season one of The Girlfriend Experience, where she was nominated for a Golden Globe. She also got some awards love for uh, American Honey, mm-hmm. basically where she plays this same character, just not as quite as yeah let's kind of di- dial down to a five instead of a well she's actually it's funny because this episode i know we're going to talk about this movie and we're going to talk about no sudden move and the soderbergh connection is is there with uh, riley Keo from the girlfriend experience and also magic mike uh and she was also in logan lucky did you plan this symmetry there's no way that you're this smart right like
1: no absolutely
2: not no, now, mostly
1: symmetry? eye candy
2: Ex- ex- exactly. I figured. I figured. Yeah, so there's the, the the cast is really good. I mean, even the even the terrible uh, human trafficker, uh, you said his name, uh, uh, Coleman. Domingo, yeah. Has a Tony Award. He well, Coleman Domingo's great. He I has mean, a Tony for playing uh, Mr. Bones in the Scottsboro voice. So he earned a Tony Award. But the thing is, he's not the only Tony Award winner in this movie. Stephanie's boyfriend, uh, Arielle Stachel, also has a Tony Award for his role in The Band's Visit. So uh, this is a really good cast, you know, chewing up some pretty simple material. So of course they're going to knock it out of the park.
1: I think um, he plays Zola's boyfriend.
2: Sorry, Zola's boyfriend, my fault. Yes, Zola's boyfriend. And, yeah, the one that she has to, you know, uh, fuck him calm to. <laughs> that's actually the a- from the actual tweet,
1: by the way. The weirdest thing is that I've been waiting for you to mention it. I have no idea why. I just knew it was coming. I'm so yeah. I'm yeah. proud. of it. Good uh, on you.
2: Even even uh, Nicholas Braun is in the show uh, Succession, which is in its three thirds third season. The guy who plays the doofy boyfriend is in a critically acclaimed show. I mean, there's this movie.
1: This film is loaded with talent. Um, yeah, I mean, every time Domingo shows up, he's one of those guys, when I see him, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. He, yeah. you know, he's going to at least make the film watchable, right? He's on uh, Fear the Walking Dead, the spinoff show. Yeah, he, is. he was in Assassination Nation, which is a film I really like, mm-hmm. Beale Street Could Talk, uh, just a bunch of stuff. So I think he is really good. Like I guess if he's one of those guys, when I see him pop up, I'm like, all right, this is going to be good.
2: Yeah, so there's just there was a lot of talent behind this one. Uh, I guess all these people really needed some work to be in a movie <laughs> about
1: a stripper's tweets. Uh, yeah, that's certainly an interpretation. I also want to. What do you think about Mika Levy's score? I'm a big fan of her work, and I think that this one is all again another big hit for her. Are you a score guy? I don't remember. I don't think you are. I'm an absolute ab-
2: What are you talking about? I'm an
1: absolute score guy.
2: What the hell are you talking about?
1: So, what'd you think of uh, Levy's score? I don't, I
2: don't even remember it. I'm sure. I'm sure it was fine. You son of a bitch.
1: Fair enough. Well, I'm glad we checked off the question. There was not enough male nudity for you. What else? There, you got to work there, in the. Uh, go
2: ahead. There was one penis where I wasn't sure if it was
1: like Healthy. a big, a big ball, or if it was his penis. Listen, I did appreciate that. Really, the only real, I think full-on nudity we had in the film was the male genitalia, which clearly is a choice. And I think it's, you know, the female form is nude in, I don't know, how many films, often for really no reason. And uh, I think it's This is
2: basically the reason to have female nudity. They're tricking. (laughs) Like, Like, I understand your point, but they're tricking. Like, it's like if there's ever a film that
1: should have both people naked, mm-hmm. this is the one. But it doesn't, which I think is a statement that the film makes and which I think I appreciate, which I thought was a good one. So I got to admit, JC, when I first heard they were making this movie, I think I injured myself for how severe my eye roll was. But in the end, I uh, I actually thought this was very, very good. I laughed out loud quite a few times. I was shocked very often, concerned. I have no idea what the hell is going to happen next. And for a second feature from Bravo, I, I'm really interested to see what she does next. Uh, I ended up giving Zola a B. Where'd you come down? This movie movie's
2: a C. Uh, I'm never going to watch it again. If you want to watch something that's actually groundbreaking, go watch Tangerine or something like that. Hmm. There's, no, there's, there's nothing here new to mine at all. The only thing about it is it's got the gimmick of coming from tweets. That's all
1: this movie has. I think the film is a lot, a lot more than just an advantageous riff off of a tweet storm. It's not. And there you go. What are your thoughts? Who's correct? Shoot us an email at feedback. At thefirstrun.com. You know what? I'm if, not going to edit the if hell somebody out of this. Had
2: not, if somebody had I'm not this roll. If somebody had not said this movie is from tweets, no, I I would not have gone to see this movie.
1: Do you think the A24 banner gives it a patina of, uh, I don't know, some aura of it being some grand film that it doesn't deserve?
2: If this movie did not come from tweets, I'm not watching it. It's the only reason why I watch it was the gimmick. Fair enough. Admit you did too. Chris, admit
1: it. I don't think there's anything to do with my enjoyment of the film or my appreciation for it. Only reason why you watched it. And guess what? I hadn't even read the original tweet
2: threads. Well, there weren't even
1: threads back then. And it's 50% fake. How do you feel now? I feel wonderful because it's a movie. It's not a documentary. It's not a great movie. It's, It's a solid good one. It's entertaining. Let's move on before somebody gets hurt. Coming up on your physical media this upcoming Tuesday, July 13th. Hmm. Well, there's uh, this.
3: You're a new face around here.
1: I haven't seen you on the street before.
3: Where are you from? From Oakland. Nah. No, you're not from Oakland. I know Oakland. <laughs> nah. No. You're from back east. Jersey. New York. D.C. Maybe. Let me ask you something. You got kids? Well, these are my African-American beautiful babies. If somebody put a gun to your baby's head, would you try and kill them if you could? Huh? Me too. And by selling that stuff, you're putting a gun to my baby's head. Let me warn you. I'm like a mad dog after ball. I'd be all over you like stink on doo-doo.
1: <laughs> That's right.
2: The fuck? <laughs> well okay. Uh, stink on doo-doo. So apparently that character went from sounding about fifty five years old to five years old. What 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 was that masterpiece that you're gonna have us all waste our time on? Go ahead.
1: Jesus, that is Clarence Williams III and Larry Fishburne in uh, Bill Duke's fantastic deep cover. Williams mm. plays Detective Taft, the very Christian detective determined to try and bring him down. Lawrence Fishburne is the DE agent deep undercover. Uh, going up against, of course, Jeff Goldblum's David Jansen. Uh, getting released by Criterion. One of Duke's best films, a uh, brand new 4K restoration of that. A brand new interview with Bill Duke and more. So I was thinking you haven't seen Deep Cover. Well, you should. Uh, it's good. No. Fair enough. Lawrence well, Fishburne and
2: Jeff Bridges in a Goldblum. Yeah. Yep. It sounds. I'm uh... oh, sorry, Jeff. Could you have Goldblum in a uh... drug? Uh... What is it? drug
1: uh, drama? It's a 1992 yeah uh, crime thriller. Yep, it's very good. It's really worth checking yeah. out. Also coming up, you have Jason Statham in the latest uh, Guy Ritchie joint, Wrath of Man. Oddly, no 4K release. Just uh, Blu-rays and some DVDs, but no 4K. It's because that movie's boring.
2: I I don't
1: think I agree with that. Uh, also, we have Mortal Kombat. Now, you want to talk about boring. The new Mortal Kombat film is being released. You do get a 4K of that. And there is a Best Buy exclusive steelbook with Scorpion on the cover. Some uh, featurettes, about almost over a dozen of them, and some deleted Ra- scenes as well included on that one. Yeah.
2: Wrath of Man, I watched once. Mortal Kombat, I watched three times.
1: I guess that's really sums it up. Uh, the SpongeBob movie, <laughs> Sponge on the Run, is being released as well. That's the latest film in the franchise. The night a couple became trapped in a hotel with their demons, JC, real and imagined until they can confront their secrets of their marriage. No Man's Land featuring Frank Grillo and Andy McDowell. Limbo, Omar is a promising young musician separated from his Syrian family. He is stuck on a remote Scottish island awaiting the fate of his asylum request. New to Blu-ray, along with uh, Criterion's release of Deep Cover, they're also putting out Working Girls from 1986. College graduate Molly trying to bankroll her own business works as a high-priced New York City escort. As a lesbian, she's able to keep her emotional distance from the clients who range from cynically to exploitive to desperately needy. But her open ambition to rise above her current station rubs many of her co-workers a long way, especially the combative street-smart Dawn and the escort service's disdainful Madam Lucy. Brand new 4K restoration of that one, supervised by the director Lizzie Borden. Audio commentary from 07, some new conversations with the crew and actors as well. So that How, that, that
2: yeah. that's working girls, not working... Girl, the one with Melanie Griffith. Correct. And Harrison Ford, right. Okay, don't get those confused. They're very different.
1: very different. Yeah. I mean, they're both about
2: women. You know, they're both about women working on their careers, but...
1: But differently. Yeah. Scream Factory is releasing the House of Wax remake. That's actually pretty good. And seems to have been getting a bit of a resurgence online with people coming out saying they actually do like it. Is if you fan it's got some good gore shots in that House of Wax remake not a fan is this the one with Paris Hilton it is the headphones fell off my head you know what like I said I'm not going to edit this because you are a runaway train and I can't spend a week putting this show together so I do appreciate you being here though. it's always a good conversation hopefully we won't yell at each other which we tend to do on your show we're going to Brand new 2K restoration on that. And you do get a
2: new interview with Paris Hilton. You're excited about the – oh, yay, a new interview with Paris Hilton. Is this this after she claims that all of her ditziness was just an act and she's actually a serious, uh, well-spoken lady?
1: Well, it, it is a new interview, so I'm going to assume yes.
2: Wow. Cannot wait.
1: Now here's one of my shames, JC. A film I've never seen that is much beloved is getting a 4K release from Paramount, and that is Almost Famous. Well, how have you never seen Almost Famous? I just something about it just I didn't want to watch it when it first came out. The trailers looked just dreadful to me. So I never got around to seeing it. I at Almost some point I'm gonna have to do it. Seemed dreadful. I just had no interest in watching it. And I think too, I did not like Kate Hudson at all. So and that, she, that was her big, like, uh, debut big thing, right? So It was a big movie for her, yes. Brand new 4K restoration supervised by Cameron Crowe includes a theatrical and extended cuts and uh, five new features included on in this one included some extended scenes and a bunch of the uh, archival features are included as well. The Pianist is getting a Blu-ray released. This is the mm-hmm. Adrian Brody film. The true story of a yeah. Polish Jewish musician who struggles to survive the destruction of the Warsaw Ghetto. Of World the War one II. where
2: he assaulted Halle Berry on stage after winning his Oscar. i have forgotten about that. Yeah.
1: Objective Burma from Warner Archive is getting released. Kino is releasing four new films. The Web from 1947. Alias Nick Beale from 49. Larceny from 48. And The Great Gabo or Gaboo. I, I like to say Gaboo. 1929. Some catalog oh, yeah, because, releases. Because say, never said it before. Have you ever seen The Great Gaboo? No. From 1929?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Why are we getting so deep into these releases? Now we're into the Great Gaboo, for yeah. real? There are some kino fans out there. Listen, we're number one in Angola, pal. No, that is not true. In fact, my podcast, The Screen Fix Podcast, we are number two in Angola. And I say suck it, haters. That's what I say.
1: <laughs> you know, we didn't even talk about your show because we jumped we, right and, into the Zola thing. Did, which is fine with me. I'm I'm
2: I'm here to contribute. I'm not here to plug, plug, plug. I'm not just to wait.
1: I'm not just greedy. You know what I mean? I appreciate that. Well, wait, when we get to the end, we'll, we'll do our credits and stuff and we'll make sure we talk all about Screen Fix for like an hour. Screen Fix is number
2: two in Angola. Screen Fix has been a top 100 podcast in the United
1: States. Thank you very much as well. It should be even now. Thank you. 4K releases of Snatch. You get a steel book of that too if you want as an option. And your straight to DVD pick of the week is Sodomaniac. A group of degenerate serial date rapists have the Zodomaniac. tables turned on them when a, thank you, mass killer begins to hunt them down one by one and, and killing them the most painful, degrading way possible. My favorite part about it though in their butt. is that they have to add the word degenerate in front of serial Ooh. date rapists, especially a group of them.
2: Right. Because there's ones that are just. Completely just nice young men,
1: yeah, Tactical, that are
2: not polite. like degenerates, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're generates. So, what should we be streaming this week? Gotta pick for us, streaming, yeah. Oh my gosh, streaming. Let me tell all of you about streaming. I'm not trying to pull up notes whatsoever, but let me tell you about streaming. See, this this is vamping. I'm here to talk to you guys about streaming stuff that you can stream. Uh, online, you know, from the, uh, comfort of your own home, streaming. Streaming is a thing that we all have come to love and enjoy, uh, streaming. Go. So, yeah, so there's stuff that I don't, So this is usually someone else's segment, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm here winging it, streaming. That's a good okay? point. I didn't
1: give you a heads up on this whatsoever. I put you right on the spot.
2: It's not true at all. You actually asked me to do this. and. <laughs> It's still on the spot, but I, uh, this was not this week. Has, has, Has anybody on this show ever mentioned Netflix's brilliant adaptation, Castlevania? I don't think so. Castlevania season four dropped about two weeks ago. And I think Castlevania is outstanding. There will never be a better video game adaptation. It's four seasons of some of the best animation, best story. Uh just I've never been so gripped by uh some animation that I was streaming. Uh yeah, that's just something that I really really enjoyed and season 4 was great. Season 3 takes the cake though. Season 3 has one of the greatest ending episodes of of any show I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, blows the lid off it castlevania season four it dropped two weeks ago check it out you won't
1: be upset i'll have to add it to my list i have so much to watch
2: yeah streaming is like that it's hard to come up with what to stream because like there's so many different services it's dropping all the time i don't have time to watch all of it i am watching loki uh mm-hmm. so if you're gonna talk about streaming uh the first three episodes of loki okay Fourth episode that finally dropped Loki. Okay, Loki finally got me after the fourth episode. I'm halfway through
1: episode three.
2: Finally got me with episode four. Uh, How are you feeling talking about streaming? How are you feeling about
1: Loki? I'm enjoying it. I'm actually enjoying it the most out of uh, any of the Disney Plus shows so far. If I'm being honest,
2: I thought the show was a little ugly, like not even nice to look at. Yeah, but that's
1: on purpose. I was bored
2: by it. It's more of a talkie. I hate when they take characters like Loki villains and have to like break them down into normal people. I'm like, so reminds like, me,
1: reminds me a bit of World on a Wire. Uh, right? it, like it, the setup of all that stuff.
2: Yeah, and, and but I, uh,
1: conceptually, I love it. I think it's a f- really fun idea, and I love how they've been playing with the conceits of the MCU through that show. I, I think it's just a really fun. I never show, like conceptually.
2: Any shows that do that, and that's really what made the Star Wars sequel trilogy get such a bad name is that it takes all the stuff that came before it and erases all the stakes of those films. And that's what this and that's what Loki is essentially doing is erasing the stakes of the films. And just like (laughs) brushing things aside, like why were the Avengers allowed to go back in time? Well, they were supposed to okay stupid show so like i i really was rolling my eyes at most of the show up until episode four which i thought was a really good uh, which i thought was a really good uh, uh episode but i can't stand when sequels have to come later and shit all over the legacy of the movies that came before and i can see
1: it. that'd be frustrating sure
2: so I hate that. Like, what you watched before that you were so excited about was really nothing. It was child's play. Like, really? Like, those are movies that I love. Fuck you. <laughs> Why do you got a shit on this? Why? Like, honestly, just, just go in a different direction. You don't have to be like,
1: it was all nothing. Yeah. I'm really sorry that happened to you. It happened to you, too. Yeah, but I, I'm not as concerned about it Mm. so there's that all right (laughs) well i know you're really excited to to talk about no sudden move you the big soda head that you are so uh
2: i actually am a soda like i'm a soda head but the problem is is i think that uh, most of the sodas diet (laughs)
1: let's let's figure out what the hell he's talking about next you said a man want to see me?
3: Alley out back. He can't come in here? What is he, white? <laughs> oh, boy, my. Who is he? Never met him before. But he said his boss was looking for a reliable guy to do some work. Who's
0: his boss, Jimmy?
3: No one I knew. But I heard you were looking for something quick.
0: See, I thought we were cool,
3: man. Mm-hmm. And now you're gonna bring me into some sketchy shit. Yeah. Well, you look at anybody's calling after that Gotham hotel mess. Now, I get my feet no matter what. Just go hear the man out. Give me a Roscoe. Curtis, now, nah, that's Curtis. Curtis.
1: See? Trouble. is trouble. Don Cheadle leads an all-star cast, including Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour, John Hamm, Ray Liotta, Karen Culkin, Brendan Fraser, the aforementioned Bill Duke, Julia Fox, and more. In Steven Soderbergh's latest film, No Sudden Move, premiering exclusively on HBO Max, which is a point of frustration for me, Cheadle plays a gangster hired to babysit some people. There is a blackmail scheme out there, but really they're after this document that has this thing in it. We want to try and avoid really spoiling what the MacGuffin is in this film as much as we can. Who knows how that'll go. um, And things, of course, go horribly, horribly awry. So you had some strong thoughts on No Sudden Move. What do you think of Soderbergh's latest? I have strong thoughts on everything. That's true.
2: So anyway, no, first I want to... Uh, you mentioned why you have a problem with HBO Max. Please
1: please explain that. I want to see this in the theater. Now listen, I think HBO Max is the best streaming service out there right now. But I would like to have seen this in the theater. I believe it premiered I, I, in Detroit. I'm that was it. Releases.
2: Sorry? Because it's crushing theatrical releases by having them be released in both formats.
1: Well, I... I'm I'm a theater guy. That's my preferred experience. I love Soderbergh's films. Yeah. I got to see The Limey in the movie theater, which is one of my favorite Soderbergh movies. And I'd like to have seen this as well. I especially th- this period-set caper film that deals not just with the uh racist Detroit, but also corruption. Uh redlining, all these different things that Soderbergh is able to kind of intertwine in this Really, I think compelling mystery that smartly does not hold your hand. I think it really leaves you to figure out what's happening, which you don't see enough. I think this is an adult kind of heist mystery thriller, and it is exceptionally well done. But for you, me for JC, yes, of the Supreme uh, fix.
2: Yeah. So number two in Angola. Number two in Angola. Thank you very much for. Uh-huh. Give him credit where credit is due, as the number. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going to say that. Uh, Make an edit note. <clears throat> I'm not editing shit out of this. Right. This is all, right, all gold. Here it's we slice go. Slice of fried gold, baby. Right. Not a dime. Oh. I want to start this off with saying that Rayliota looks like someone wearing a Rayliota mask that has been run over by a bus, and then run over by a train, and then run over by an Uber.
1: Why are you blowing up my man's spot? The guy's 66 years old. Cut some slack. If you we Listen, if you start dropping great. weight jokes about Brendan Fraser, we may just disconnect this whole conversation.
2: I don't have to drop a weight joke about Brendan Fraser. Good. So what I'm saying about Ray Liotta is Ray Liotta looks like someone wearing a Ray Liotta mask that's been run over by a bus, then a train, then an Uber, and then Ray Liotta himself eaten by Brendan Fraser. So here's what you get when you get with when you get a Soderbergh movie. Mm -hmm. So Soderbergh famously, he doesn't. uh, First of all, he's always toying with not making movies and just making his own movies and making him his own way on some format that. No one else is using or whatnot. He doesn't believe in the that true Hollywood system, even though the Hollywood stars rushed to be in his movies. Benicio Del Toro said he didn't even read the script. He just was said, someone just told him Soderbergh, and he's like, I'm in it, I'm doing it, whatever. Yep. Soderbergh is the most solid filmmaker that most people probably only know Ocean's Eleven, and that's about it. And it's because nothing that he makes, everything he makes... I, I read a very... I read a fantastic quote or blurb. Was it some review about Soderbergh where they said that Soderbergh makes filmmaking look effortless, and it's true. His movies have an ease to them, Hmm. a, a breeziness to them. He is very technical. He doesn't do a lot of takes. When he thinks he's got it, he's got it. He's his own director. He lights his own shots. He edits his own films. He knows what he wants. He gets in. He gets out. He gets his actors home early, and that's what he does. But his movies, you know are good all of them are good none of them are great what? and that's and that's steven soderbergh for you hold on you gotta pump the brakes on that you're but, telling but, but, me but, but, but that makes him a great filmmaker is that everything he makes is this like technically perfect
1: easy to watch movie there is no way you can sit there and tell me that Out of Sight is not great. Out
2: of Sight is not great. When's the last time anybody has talked about Out of Sight? When, what does that mean? Like, where's all the Out of Sight revival? We got to see this on the big screen. Nobody cares about Out of Sight. Nobody. That
1: doesn't mean it's not a great film. Sure it does. Great films.
2: Great films are talked about. They're shared between people. They are shown at screenings.
1: Years years after they were released, nobody gives two shits about Out of Sight. People still talk about Out of Sight now. Granted, I will admit that it's in the film culture that the film was brought up, but uh, I don't see that like what's a major film? Uh, is, all right, as a film had a, it, was, it was a massive success that had a smaller impact culturally than Avatar. They're still we're getting sequels out of that. People still talk about that thing every now and then. That film's uh-huh. not good at all. About Avatar. People talk about Avatar as a a joke
2: at this point. I think for the for the for the, for the for the most part. And there are movies like that, but I don't think. But then there are movies that are good, like all Soderbergh movies are, and they disappear because they are. They're uh.
1: They're niche entertainment. I think that's fair for the most part. When he does his artistic films like The Limey, uh, his his meditation there on the Elmer it's Leonard crime like... novel with Out of Sight, which, again, is a fantastic watch. But it was an art film. It's not – he doesn't typically like... make big blockbuster films outside of your Ocean's elevens, right? He doesn't even want to. Right. But that doesn't diminish the film's artistic merit.
2: It doesn't diminish their merit, but I'm just telling you that these are not classics. Nobody's talking about Out of Sight as some American film classic.
1: I just don't... It's it's not Citizen Kane. I said it's go a to great anyone, film. Go
2: to, go to even a cinephile's list of top 100... I
1: think it's know,
2: probably movie, one of the yeah. top 10 films of the 90s. Movies and... No one's putting Out of Sight on
1: there. The National Society of Film Critics voted Out of Sight the best film of 1998. Wow. And Weekly voted the sexiest film ever on their 56th wow. movies. Paul, Sex. that should be good for you. Wow. <laughs> I
2: don't. Nobody cares that movie. Most, most people are going to remember Sex Lies and Videotape. Aaron Brockovich probably even more than out of sight. Uh, Oceans Eleven of 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 course. You know, just out but of sight. But that's because of
1: of a wider theatrical audience. It's not listen, how many people saw Transformers movies? It doesn't mean they're good. You can't not you can't assign that,
2: that they're they're good. I'm just saying that like Soderbergh's movies are a nice relaxing scotch. In a comfy chair. That's what Soderbergh movies are, and that's all that they're going to be.
1: There, I. You are correct. I think the problem is that you and I agree. It's just that your conclusion is what I disagree with. You, they, there is an effortlessness. There's an ease to all of his films. I think you're entirely right about that. But your the solution to your equation, I think, is is what's wrong. It's it's because his films aren't typically made for a mass appeal, unless we're talking your Magic Mikes, or your Ocean's Elevens, uh, that they don't have the widespread public knowledge uh, doesn't diminish the film's qualities. I just don't accept your the the premise of what you're saying. I have never, on a random day
2: off, clamored. I have never said to myself. Holy shit. You know what? I need to watch Out of Sight right now.
1: I have. I watched it, what does it last, about a year ago, I watched it again. I love that film. I think it's fantastic. The Limey, another film I love. I watched that about nine months ago. And Criterion Channel had it with the commentary, which if you, I think we even talked about this like a month ago or two on the show, it's one of the better DVD commentaries you'll ever hear. Because the writer of the film and Soderbergh kind of go after each other. The writer is not pleased with some of Soderbergh's choices. And he calls him out on it during the conversation. And it's really a fascinating listen. Um, Unfortunately, I guess to your point it would be is that there has not been a domestic Blu-ray release of The Limey. It's still only available, I think, from Artisan on DVD. But it doesn't diminish the film's artistic merit. That's for damn sure.
2: Soderbergh's a nerd. Like I said, he, like, eschews the large system. He does not believe a film needs to be made with a traditional camera and with traditional lenses and traditional lighting. He And he, he, he edits and directs and lights his own movies. He's a nerd. And that's why film nerds like him. But that doesn't mean that he's making classics to me. So what do you think of Tarkovsky's Stalker? Do you think it's a classic? I don't even... I've never seen that. So it's a
1: Russian film. It is a classic movie. Okay. I'll take your word for it. But it's not... How many people know of Stalker? How many people have seen his films? Doesn't
2: diminish their artistic we're merit. Talking about a Russian guy, and we're talking about Steven Soderbergh, who made Out of Sight with J Lo and George Clooney. We're talking about two very different things.
1: But it's still—it was still an independent film. It was—it was an indie film, Out of Sight. It did not get an Ocean's Eleven push.
2: It okay. Two words. Two people, I saw it at Jen, Cinema
1: City in Hartford, which was the art house Jen theater.
2: Lopez and George Clooney
1: made an art house film. It wasn't a wide theatrically released film. I said Ving. I said Ving Rhames, right? Yep, Steve Zahn for the Zahn heads out there.
2: It made seventy seven million dollars. What the
1: fuck are you talking about? It made
2: seventy seven million dollars.
1: Yeah, but it was released. Really, it was a. It was a. It was an art house film. It wasn't a big theatrical released film. It had J
2: Lo and George Clooney at the hu- in nineteen ninety eight. Do you know yep. what kind of a star George Clooney was in nineteen ninety eight?
1: Well he just came off of what was it, Peacemaker, which wasn't exact he was not massive in ninety eight, was he? Yes, he was he just was. starting to become big then.
2: Absolutely he was big in nineteen ninety eight.
1: Not theatrically.
2: Yes, theatrically.
1: What he did. So he did From Dust Till Dawn in ninety six. Batman. And then he did The Peacemaker in ninety seven, which is mm-hmm. not that good. Batman. And then he was in Batman and Robin in ninety seven. There uh-huh.
2: go. So he was the biggest star in the fucking world, and then he made Out of Sight, the which worst made Batman, film which yeah. made seventy-seven million dollars.
1: <sighs> Let's see. I just do not recall that being a massive hit. Was it was. Well, it was an art house film. I saw well, I could. Have, I saw office, it at Cinema City in Ardford, box which Office. Which is the art says, house theater?
2: Box office says
1: different. Well, it's a worldwide total. It made 37 and a half domestically. Well, that's different. telling you, still made lots of money. Okay. Let's see. Released in 2,100 theaters. That's a good way to say How many was 2,100 theaters in 98? How many was... Let's see what Batman and Robin was released to. 2,100
2: is a lot even now.
1: Let's see. And Batman and Robin was in how many theaters? Because that was obviously the biggest. It's supposed to be the biggest film of that summer, right? Right. So that's going to be your high
2: benchmark.
1: I'm still not going to edit this. You're all going to hear all this crap. I swear Mm -hmm, to God. mm
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what you listen for, for this kind of (laughs) premium
1: People looking up Wikipedia. Why does it not have the release information? at right, released in the 27, earning $42 million its opening weekend, declined 60%. Da, 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 da. All right, I'm not going to spend an hour and a half on this. My point is movies. that Out of Sight 42. is a great movie. That Soderbergh 42. makes typically great movies, which we agree with.
2: He makes movies that are like fine wine, but you forget about
1: soon after. That's just not the impact I've had for me, but that's my personal thing. So let's actually talk about the GD movie. What do you think about his shooting style with this? Specifically using these period specific lenses that kind of give it this fish-eyed looks at times yeah, looking, yeah, looking yeah, through yeah, yeah, doors, yeah, people. Yeah. Not all the time, but
2: a lot. He used, because yeah, he used the wide-angle lens even for close-ups. And mm-hmm. it, uh, he used it for the entire movie. So it gives it that interesting effect. And I kept saying while I was watching it, actually, I was like, what the hell lens? What is this? Like, I kept like honestly it's that Soderbergh playing with film nerdy stuff and uh, yeah also did you notice the corners had the blacked out vignette effect kind of also probably because Mm -hmm. they were fish eyed and they had to deal with that Um, yeah I was was just like okay this is film nerd stuff and then uh, you know I mean you could take it a step further and be like Maybe the wide angle is because there's a larger picture going on and our main characters can't possibly understand the larger picture, which is what Matt Damon explains to them in the boardroom. huh. But I think probably Soderbergh just wanted to do some nerdy shit, honestly.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's entirely correct. I think he likes to experiment in his films and sometimes they're great, like the Limey. And sometimes I don't know if they work as well. I'm on the fence with this one, if I'm perfectly honest with you about using that wide-angle lens, like you say. But overall, I found the thing was very, very entertaining and engaging. I like that the mystery of it is he kind of follows that Hitchcocking thing for most of the film, where we don't quite really know what the MacGuffin is. And when the reveal is made, there is... There's a simplicity to it, um, but then feeds into the greater narrative of the corruption going on in, in the automobile industry at the time, and I, I just something I really appreciated. I thought was pretty clever and fun and interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, for me, when I turned it on, I was like, "Okay, Soderbergh doing another heist movie." I think I saw somewhere on on a I think I saw something that was like, "This is seventh heist movie," and I was like, "Okay, is he becoming Guy Ritchie on Valium?" which is what I think his movies are at this point, Guy Ritchie on Valium. It's entirely
1: possible. No, absolutely not. So, no, I just, like I said, I like gritty adult thrillers that don't hold your hand, and I think this film absolutely does that. I think the wide range of actors in this, lots of fun, interesting people uh, with some great performances. It's really just, it's a fun little film, but I'll be honest with you, it it does it takes its artistic risks, but uh, overall, I, I I enjoyed the experience. Mm-hmm. But not you. It was fine. It was Soderbergh.
2: It was like like I said. It was like Guy Ritchie on Valium. It was like sitting and drinking a really good scotch after a long day. That's what Soderbergh movies are. So uh, what would you give it as a grade? B
1: minus. Ah, sure, so we're not that far. I have a B plus. After all go. of that anguish and uh, argument, we're mm-hmm. not that far off at mm-hmm. all. No. We never are, really. <laughs> if you've had a chance to see no sudden we, move, shoot us an email just... at feedback at the first we come at it differently. That's Chris. true. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? You ready to do what? Uh, a little role play?
2: Out well, the uh, ew, ill okay. Uh, if that's part of it, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Do I uh, have to? Do I need to put on more more layers of clothing? Is there is there going to be stripping? That's. I don't think so. I wouldn't okay. anticipate such. Shenanigans I have occurring. like a. I have a hunky doctor outfit as well as mm-hmm. like a, a hunky nurse as well outfit. I've got a hunky woodsman.
1: I'm not surprised. So, okay, hey, listen. I, pla- okay, sorry. I just hope this is the beginning, I would say, too. One final comment on No Sudden Move, that the, the Brandon Fraser essence. I'd like to see him uh, show up in some other stuff, too. I was happy to see him on the small screen. Okay. Go ahead. And <laughs> let's get into who, Dad. We can close the book on this He's disaster. Big. All
0: right, Dad. Tell me. He who finds the grail must face the final challenge. What final challenge? Three devices of such lethal cunning. Ubi traps? Oh, yes. But I found the clues that will safely take us through in the Chronicles of St. Ansel. Well, what are they? Can't you remember? I wrote them down in my diary so that I wouldn't have to remember. Uh Half the German army's on our tail, and you want me to go to Berlin? Into the lion's den? Yes. The only thing that matters is the grail. What about Marcus? Marcus would agree with me. Two selfless martyrs. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's for blasphemy.
1: So, okay, before we jump into Who, dat, um... Batman and Robin was released to 2,900 theaters, 2,934 and 97. Mm-hmm. So my recollection of seeing Out of Sight in an art house theater may be must have been wrong at 2,100, likely. Though I was in Connecticut, so it's possible I saw it in Cinema City there, which may be coloring my memory. So I'm, it takes a, a big man to admit when he may be wrong, and I am that man. It's okay. So-
2: We'll see about that uh, it's okay
1: um
2: that does it means a lot uh, thank you very much um yeah maybe after this we can talk shop and maybe continue to uh collab in the future we'll have to see now that i know that you're such an upstanding upstanding guy you are an outstanding podcaster i just i want to say this show ve- very good show <laughs> occupies a wonderful niche in the pod space chris does the work he's out here making people smarter every week give him give him a follow give him the give him what he deserves chris gets i away. appreciate
1: that yeah you're a good man pretty much so all right we had a little indie clip to start that off let me ask you you're so <laughs> not familiar Indeed. with who that <laughs> <laughs> this is
2: Wait, uh, good. Indie like out of sight, or indie like Indiana Jones? I
1: uh, no, yeah, Indy as an in Indiana Jones. Mm. Of course, you heard Harrison Ford and Sean Connery there. So, who that is the role playing game? I will ask JC to answer as the person he has been assigned. JC, oh. you are Harrison Ford. Oh, oh God! Okay. You have begun filming the latest Indiana Jones film, mm. and one of the first stunts that you are practicing, you got laid out, brother. You are incapacitated and you are injured, and the sh- production has been shut down. Are you too old for this? I do. Uh,
2: f- full disclosure, I do not have a Harrison Ford impression. Uh, you don't uh, have to do... You're welcome to uh, try, okay. but right. you're under no obligation to. The production is shut down. I've hurt myself. alone. Well, of course I've hurt myself. <laughs> that sounds like John Wayne. Uh, <laughs>
1: Just grind your teeth and think that'll be honestly. good.
2: Uh, right. Answer me. Uh, well, of course I hurt myself. I'm 98 years old. <laughs> I'm surprised... I don't hurt myself just by cracking the whip. I'm surprised I don't hurt myself every time. I'm, I'm surprised that they don't have to have uh, 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 a, uh, they don't have to make a, a specialized diaper that's not visible underneath my iconic khakis. That's what I think.
1: I'm Harrison Ford. <laughs> like you gotta attack the man's bodily functions as well. Really though. Is this too much? Or do we really need another Indiana Jones film or are are we are we hurting your legacy as Indy? Um, <laughs> Take your time.
2: Felicity needs more jewelry. And Calista needs more jewelry. So I have to keep The bench is kicking in now too. I know. I call her Felicity. Who who was she? Oh, Ally McBeal. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Same, same shit. I don't Ally McBeal needs more jewelry. So I have to keep doing these films until I'm in the grave. Uh, I've got Regarding Henry 2 coming up next summer.
1: Fantastic. All right. What do you got for me? <clears throat> Are you better at this? Right, we'll find
2: out. Wait, so yours was like topical. Mine are not topical.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the point of the point. You wanted to kind of tackle topical things. That way it's relevant to what's currently going on. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't I matter. I'll roll with it. I didn't know this. And I got to look up movie news. Just do it. Just give me what you got.
2: No, what you, whatever you wrote I, down. 'Cause I had like Adam Sandler, what's a black hole?
1: <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means.
2: <laughs> Hold on, I need to find something topical. Just give me a second. It'll take me one second. No,
1: you don't. It's eleven o'clock. You don't have to come up with something topical. Because you're just, Hold on. just give me your what three give me oh, first entry. I'm I begging go you. Go. Okay. Ready? Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, LeBron James, do you feel like Space Jam 2 is going to live up to the legacy of Space Jam 1?
1: Meaning it's going to suck? Yes. Absolutely. It's not going to be good. The first Space Jam movie isn't good either. So there's really, it's a very low bar. So it will be fine. It'll be entertaining. We de-sexed Lola Rabbit a little bit. And all of a sudden, all the weird people are all upset about that. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Weird. But uh, no, don't expect much animation's better, you know, so that'll be good. I'm probably a better actor than Michael Jordan. And uh, we'll see what happens. And I don't rock the Hitler mustache like he did for a short period of time, which I don't quite understand. But uh no, it's it's going to be fine. It'll be a little bit better than the first one, which was not good. How do you like that?
2: Not bad. Not bad at all. So just the way that you did for me, why don't you give me your thoughts on... uh Space Jam 2.
1: I have no interest in seeing this thing.
2: Whoa, I'm gonna watch it. Come on now. This thing, there are a lot of people that love this movie. I I honestly, I've never
1: seen the first one because even then I thought it looked ridiculous. Even then, when you were 10, you thought this is ridiculous. I don't think I was 10, I was probably 40. I'm much older than you.
2: You're not much older than me, by the way. In fact, probably older than you. Anyway, yeah. yeah.
1: No, I have no interest in seeing. Why this don't thing. you say so your age live on the show? So what's that? Oh, I'll be forty-six in uh, less than twenty days. Nineteen days. All right. Never mind, you're old as shit. All there right, you go. so let's keep
2: going. Well, uh, <clears throat> oh, my turn. Uh, I, I'm ready for my next one. Go ahead.
1: There you go. This is actually rather timely because there is a meme going around on Twitter right mm-hmm. now that hopefully will die quickly. Mm-hmm. J.C., you are Vin Diesel. Oh, what things can a family's love not beat? And what's next for the Fast and Furious franchise?
2: There's nothing that a family's love can't beat. When you got got family, you're indestructible. Okay. When you got family, nothing can touch you. When you got family, you might as well be like Wolverine. I don't know where that just came from. Um, And what's next for this film series? Let me tell you the rock and jason statham they're doing their own thing they're finally out of my face with their different ideas and their their attitudes about you know uh what makes a good actor or not they're finally out of my face let me tell you what this is vin's franchise again vince it's (laughs) supposed to be vince all right there's no Fast and Furious without Vin Diesel. You understand? Diesel, it's in my name. Diesel is what they put into cars. This franchise is about cars. You understand? Vin Diesel, Diesel and Cars, Fast and Furious, Vin Diesel. Do you understand? Are we coming from the same place?
1: Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. I right, here we go. I saw this on Twitter which I, kills me. It makes sense. Why the name is name is Dominic when his name is actually Vin Diesel? It's already the perfect name. Why Dominic Toretto? Why not go with Vin Diesel?
2: It's too perfect. People wouldn't believe it. It would be like when you start to wake up from a dream, when you start to have sex with Carmen Electra.
1: <laughs> That's a timely reference.
2: So, <laughs> so let me just tell you, the future for this franchise mm, yeah. is the next one is F-10. And let me tell you about F-10. F-10 is where there's an alien invasion, and the old people that can stop it is my family. Not only is there an alien invasion, but at the same time, demons come up from the center of the earth. There's demons versus aliens, and let me tell you, it doesn't stop there. There's demons versus aliens, and also there's uh, uh, an unknown race of people living in the ocean, and they come up too. Let me tell you what, there's those people, there's demons there's aliens and let me tell you what there's that it it doesn't actually stop there. Let me tell you what else happens. Well, there's a
1: two-parter, so yeah.
2: I mean this I mean F10 is going to be F10A and F10B. Let me tell you what. This is our Infinity War endgame. This is this is this is really the big one. We're bringing every character back and we're all going to fight the rock, you know what I mean? And of course mm-hmm, we sure. win. We win, of course. Because I'm we're going family. The Rock doesn't know anything about family.
1: No. No, he doesn't.
2: But good. it's The Rock leading all of the aliens and the demons <laughs> and the fish monsters against my family. Oh, that's fish FN. monsters. All right.
1: Yeah, from the ocean. Yeah. Well, naturally. That's good. I'd, I'd watch that film.
2: What you got for me? Everybody will watch
1: this across the whole
2: <laughs> world. Because that's F. That's the Fast and Furious series. Mm-hmm. What do you got for him? Uh, are Jeff Goldblum character. Are you okay? Jeff Goldblum. Are yeah. you in Jurassic World Dominion?
1: Uh, I can't do Goldblum. <laughs> sure, I have absolutely no idea if I am. I'll be showing up probably because Spielberg's back, right? So no, Sam Neill's back is what I should say. Sam Neill's coming back. So if Sam's back, I'm coming back. Lord Dern too. Why the hell not? We're getting the old band back together. We're going to fight some Tyrannosauruses. I think this time, too, um, Vin Diesel's going to be in this next one. I don't quite understand what's going on with that. And There's going to be a bunch of cars. They're going to fight the dinosaurs. But still, yeah, I'll be there doing my whole wacky thing. I don't know if I'll be shirtless again. You know, kind of doing my little sexy pose. I may make a joke about huge piles of poo. We'll see. We'll, We'll do a little twist on it, though. Like, it'll be my poo this time. Oh, oh, your your giant poo. Okay, yeah. So Great. either way,
2: like like rivaling the size of the Triceratops poo from the first movie. Exactly because 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 bigger is better. You got you you need to top everything. Yeah, oh, yeah,
1: exactly. Bigger is better. Like this, what is it, the six thousand SUX? But no, we'll also, um, I'll be trapped in this little device too, where my genes will be spliced with a dinosaur, and then I'll slowly become a dinosaur as well. And uh, yeah, but that's the plan.
2: Okay. And Gina Davis will be back in it. I don't think she was in Jurassic Park. She's in the
1: fly. Weren't you <laughs> in the fly? What the heck? Oh, okay. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> oh, for fun. All, All right. right. I'm I'm, last for for my last one for you. So I can we can mercifully end. Is yes, going to do be it. uh you are Matt Damon. Mm. So let me ask you, what's more fun for you? You showing up in films in these kind of surprise small film roles? Or do you like being the lead in the big features? Do you like? Uh, I, I feel like you're now living the the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio once in a time in Hollywood meme life, where you just show up and people point at, you, "Hey, it's Matt Damon." What do you prefer?
2: So I'm Matt Damon.
1: You're just gonna say that for like two minutes, aren't you?
2: <laughs> no. Um... First of all, I'll answer this question. Then I'll answer what I think's going on. But anyway, I like to take these roles because uh, giving me a cameo in a movie uh, makes me still feel relevant, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a cameo, you know, because mm-hmm. nobody's give, nobody's knocking my door down to give me roles anymore. Ever since the the Born series ended.
1: That's I okay. mean.
2: I did have The Martian, but there's yeah. no Martian 2 on the horizon. I met Mimi. Me, me.
1: <laughs> well, you do have that uh, that new film coming up, right? Where you're, uh, you play the dad who's got to go rescue his daughter.
2: No, my career was done after the one where they shrunk me down and made me small.
1: I don't know about that. Yeah, Stillwater. That's the name of it. Plus, you're, uh. You're in. Oh, you're in that. The last duel movie with Ben Affleck. That's kind of weird.
2: My career's
1: done. <laughs> well, I hope it isn't. I'm pulling for you. I'm
2: going to start hosting game shows any day now.
1: Mad Gaming! So, what do you think? What do you think about, uh. Matt Damon what do you think you like uh, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun That I mean you gotta no, be a big name to do that kind of stuff because it no, should pop I up I watched cool. that
2: movie and said is Matt Damon a big cameo why is he the big there's actors in this movie how is Matt Damon a big cameo how is he st- okay so Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder as Les Grossman that's a fucking cameo like that's awesome right like that's Matt Damon is not a cameo. Matt Damon showing up in your movie is like, oh, they should have just told me Matt Damon is this. I don't give a shit.
1: Well, I think it started really, um, the big thing was Eurotrip, right? I mean, he knew he had a cameo yeah. in Confession uh, of a Dangerous Movie.
2: Scotty doesn't know. Yeah. But song. yeah,
1: that's yeah. kind of when the whole cameo Matt Damon thing, I think blew up was, uh, with Eurotrip, Euro trip. And then he pops up in, uh, these other films every now and then. And it's, it's just a fun little thing. I'm not I don't How know what to is tell he you. a
2: surprise cameo?
1: Because he's an A lister kind of star who shows no, up in these not. small roles.
2: He was an A-lister star. He is not anymore. Why are you blowing up a Matt Damon spot now? That, Ford vs. Ferrari was just two years, and years and ago. Damon it's a really always, good film. Matt Damon always plays Matt Damon. Plays nothing else. And you know what? Matt Damon is not that interesting. He was I really liked him as Carol
1: Shelby in Ford vs. Ferrari. Did you see that one? That was good. Yeah, the yeah, what do they call it? The the ultimate dad movie? Sure. I mean middle aged white guys adore that film, and I am one of them.
2: Yeah, but Matt Damon just does Matt Damon with his Matt Damon delivery, and that's about it. There's nothing going on. Like there's 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 a reason why Matt Damon was not nominated for anything for that movie, but Christian Bale was. It's because well, Matt Damon It's just Hmm. Matt Damon.
1: He's truly meek, I don't. I'm just not comfortable ripping on uh, my boy Damon like that. He's a nice guy, I I assume. Is he? I'm. Has anybody confirmed this? this? Well, him and Ben Affleck's cool, right? They're buddies. Is he cool? Casey Affleck. All I see, he's
2: he's probably he's a what is he's like? He's an alcoholic. That it's constantly in
1: rehab? Oh, wait. Did we just do a...
2: And like, what's, what's going on?
1: Did we just do a, like a seven degrees of Jennifer Lopez? Because of Ben Affleck? Oh. All right, you got any more for me? Taco flavor
2: cases.
1: <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, it bothers me how much those libertarian idiots make me laugh. Go ahead. Sorry. Here we go.
2: Uh, Quentin Tarantino, mm. you just bought a you just bought uh, a historic theater in Los Angeles, the Vista mm. Theater. Yeah. So, uh, what are you gonna play there, Quentin?
1: Nope. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm was flipping through my book of people's feet. Um, I'm going to <laughs> be. Basically running my library of films. I will be, I have a, I'm have sure you know, a vast, wide collection of rare kind of cult stuff, some exploitation, lots of different things. We'll be doing film festivals, we'll be different things. Um, I'll show other, maybe some first run movies, some other stuff too. But really, it's going to be just my little playground. I'll be running um, lots of different stuff that I adore, that I have prints of. And maybe at some point apologizing to Uma Thurman again. I'm not sure.
2: I think basically,
1: Chris, you just described your own dream. Basically, yes. Though I don't have Quentin Tarantino's library of films. But yes, that would you, be. You as I believe it's yours as well. Oh, my dream
2: is to have my own theater. Uh, right now, I'm having a lot of fun at my own local theater, mm-hmm. uh, Greenlight Cinema. Um where I am actually hosting a VHS Club, uh, I will be hosting it July twenty fourth. We will be showing the thing,
1: Sean Carpenter. What the thing? Yeah. All right. Well, I got to get involved in that. Not only is it a the day before my birthday. It you is. Wanna come,
2: uh, you want to come? You want to come co-host and plug your plug first run?
1: It is absolutely. It is b my favorite horror film. There you go. Yeah, we're showing. Yeah,
2: the thing. Yeah, you can come co-host and plug plug the show, and uh, there's going to be some trivia afterwards. I have the Blu-ray of the thing as a giveaway. Nice. Afterwards, we do some trivia and uh, picking up a PA system, and I'm making the intro video for the whole thing. And yeah, you could if you'd like to come be a part of it, uh, please do.
1: Fantastic.
2: And and anyone out there in the first run on crowd, Greenlight Cinema, St. Pete. July 24th, The Thing, 10 p.m. Screen fix fans in Angola, this is your big chance to fly in. Make sure you're vaccinated. You can get tickets on sale at www.greenlightstpete.com.
1: I will be there with bells on. Come join us. Come join us. So, yeah. Good times. All right. Is that it? Are we done? Stop. With the eyebrow thing, it's freaking me. Oh, man. sorry,
2: sorry, yeah. Then I it's can see. Me very how uncomfortable. me I see. how oh, that's creepy. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I actually don't look at who I'm potting with because I start looking at other things. It's actually terrible. Like I start look You know, I start reading my notes, mm-hmm. looking things up. Uh, I need to find. There you are. Oh, Chris. You're. You know. You just. You're so handsome. You get handsomer every right? time. Right. I'm great. Every hair. time I see you. Every time you have fantastic hair. You got this like gray thing going on the side. You got the brown Mm -hmm. on the top. It Mm -hmm. doesn't look dyed at all.
1: It's not all natural, baby. It's my one vanity in life. Got my uh, Mm -hmm. gorgeous
2: hair. Mm -hmm.
1: Is your is your chest hair still brown or is it gray? Yes, the former, not the latter. Thank you. Mm. It's basically just the sides. I got the Reed Richards thing going. I got a little pepper. I let's just say a little salt in the top, but not much. We up for side.
2: that role, Krasinski. Screw Krasinski.
1: That's right. We need absolutely
2: scouts.
1: good times. So let's let's close up shop here, uh, yeah. JC. Tell yeah, us sure. what is Screen Fix all about.
2: Yeah, so Screen Fix podcast. Uh, you can find us at screenfixpod.com. It is me and a guest host and a guest uh, every uh, episode, and we have our show uh, what is the premise of the show oh yeah we <laughs> fix a recent film or an older film whatever we want to do but we fix it basically we try to constructively give ideas for how it could possibly be, be better and our most recent episode was in fact mortal Kombat. and i did somehow pull a guest from sirius xm radio i don't wow. know how i did that um and then um our next episode is, I think, going to be Black Widow mm. or the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. Those are both episodes that are in the works right now. So I'll probably be dropping two in July. And yeah, so look for those. And also look for VHS Club at Green Greenlight Cinema. You might actually see Chris there.
1: There you go. Good times. Uh, next week here on The Big Show, we'll be doing Black Widow and uh, Luca. So you can tune in for that. And then I think we're wrapping up the uh, sister show screen run with the uh, flying car. Then the films of Kevin Smith, which is a little short he did for The Tonight Show. And then we oh. do kind of the awards for the entire debacle. That was the Kevin okay. Smith review. So uh, you can check that out too next week.
2: What's, what's interesting is getting ready for this podcast, I watched a – Kevin Smith interview of the cast and director of Zola.
1: Oh, I'm not seeing that. I'll have to look into that. That sounds cool.
2: Yeah, and turns out the boyfriend, the like, uh, what was his name? Braun? Nicholas Braun Mm -hmm. was in Red State. That's right. He was. Nicholas Braun was in Red State. Yeah, so there was a connection there.
1: I totally forgot he was in that. That's right. That's where I recognized that guy.
2: Blow in the mind. Great cast of Zola. Great cast.
1: Indeed. So, yeah. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Do a search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Make sure to head over to ScreenFixPod.com as well to check out JC's show. Sure. And head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. It'll help other people find the show. And we will go ahead and read it on air. How many episodes do you have, Chris? This is 561
2: hardest working podcaster in all the podcast biz, 500 episodes holy oh, wow it's a labor like, of love. wow absolutely so much good content check it out
1: thank the you first, first, first run.com run. run. thank you
2: Firstrun.com.
1: so much for joining me this week his, it's always a better blast to talk to you. his
2: his better half matt will be here again uh next week hopefully
1: he does describe himself as that. Even on Twitter, that's his handle. That's how much yeah, he's convinced. Yeah, the better first run. Yeah, exactly. So that's it. All right, we're going to take an extended break. Thank you, everybody. Get vaccinated, and we will see you soon. Okay. care.
0: Goonies never say die!